The strategists from Survivor and Big Brother are coming together for the first ever Rob Has a Podcast original web series. See the trailer and find out more information at realitygamemasters.com. The smartest guys around are about to break it down like they won the game a million times. Well, actually, they didn't really win the game at all. Survivor, no way to Hey, everybody, and welcome, yes, to Survivor Know-It-Alls. I am Rob Sesternino here with Stephen Fishback. But, Stephen, could you fill some time here for, for a minute that I just have I have something in my eye, and I, can't, I cannot get it out. I don't think I'm going to be able to continue on with the show tonight, Stephen. Um, no, Rob. I've always thought you were a quitter, Rob. I knew you were going to find some excuse to quit this, this vidcast. And, uh, you know, this, I'm not surprised that it's some like, lame eye thing. Should we have at least tried out Shamar with an eye patch for a little bit? Would that have been a better look? <laughs> or a monocle or something. I would have liked to have seen like, that. <laughs> like distinguished with a monocle. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Um, were you – now, what do you think, Rob? Quit or no quit? Well, was this <laughs> Hold a quit? on, Stephen. Hold oh, on. Shit. Wait. Wait. <laughs> let's, let's, set up the, let's set up what we're about to do here. It's Survivor Know-It-Alls right. live on a Wednesday night right after Survivor. It is about uh, 9, almost 9.20 on the East Coast for everybody here live. And uh, Rob Sisterino and Stephen Fishback with our hundreds of people watching us live here in the chat room on robiswebsite.com. On a, Hello, America. Yeah, and the world. <laughs> In the world, yeah. Canada. In Canada. Uh, they have their own big brother now, Stephen. Oh, God. They're going to get everything. They'll, they'll never have Survivor. I'm sorry, Canada. You'll never have Survivor. It's never going to happen. <laughs> so they get, they get universal health care and their own big brother? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and moose moose canada has a lot of moose things happening anyway so a uh, lot to get to tonight we had uh two people off the show tonight down to only 15 people left in the competition one was voted out by the traditional means laura is the next person voted out of the very hapless fans tribe and then we also had a medical evacuation steven very serious yeah, it seemed really serious. It seemed like a life or death situation here. Uh, swollen eye, you know, very big chance that uh, Shamar might uh, continue to have uh, an itchy eye for uh, days on end. So <laughs> good thing they pulled it from the game. A medical evacuation for, uh, what are we officially going to call this, sand in the cornea? Yeah, I think this is a crybaby-itis that got infected. You know, he had a little bit of a crybaby-itis, and it, it turned terminal. So they had to uh, rush him out of the game. Terminal crybaby-itis. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, so we're, we're here live. If you want to send us your questions, we'll take them uh, throughout the show and do a bunch at the end. If you use the hashtag on Twitter, R-H-A-P, or our posting comments on the YouTube video itself, we can take those as well. But, Stephen, okay, so let's, let's get into it. You want to start with Shamar, or you want to start with Laura? Uh, let's start with Shamar. That's how the episode starts, right? Like, let's let's do this chronologically. You know, begin at the beginning, Rob. <laughs> Shamar still causing a little, at the very beginning. Fans tribe comes back from tribal council, 
Sherry kind of loses it with Eddie for a minute. You know, she they have a moment. They have a little tiff. And then it's all, of course, about, about Shimon. Yeah, and I think this is interesting, you know, picking up where we left off last week, where I, I had said and you had agreed with me that, hey, look, I'm out on this Shamar thing. That There is a difference between Boston Rob in his fourth season of Survivor taking Philip under his wing and Laura or uh, or sorry, Sherry in her first in uh, basically in her ninth day of playing Survivor trying to control Shamar, who is yeah. far more unstable than Philip ever was. And we both said, hey, look, uh, you know, it was a good good idea, but we're out on this plan. And yeah. it really kind of unraveled this week. Kudos to, to Sherry for trying. But, um, you know, even before Shamar gets medevaced, he is demanding that people feed him in the shelter so that he doesn't quit. Um, he And you know what? Like, then a big, you know, a big raise. Well, what do you think of that move, uh, Rob? The You must feed me or I will quit. Would you pull that if you were playing Survivor? Well, do we know for a fact, did uh, Shamar possibly win a game of the Survivor Classic King for a Day where he gets to have his rice served to him any which way he would like to have it? Did he possibly win King for a Day? That might might have happened. That might have have been edited out and left on the cutting room floor. So Shamar's insisting that um, the fans tribe serve him rice and then there's a bad rainstorm and his eye gets infected. Now, do you think that there's any correlation between those two events? So if he wants to quit beforehand, it seems to me, Stephen, that I think you're, you're grasping at straws here. I, I'm not seeing the correlation here. Just because he <laughs> wanted to quit, then you're implying – if you're implying that, that this was not a real injury, uh, yeah. I don't know what you're getting at, Stephen. It's interesting that the, that the doctor – like, do you think there's like some willpower here? You're kind of a hippie, Rob. Would you? Would you? <laughs> I'm the hippie of the two of us. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Um, you, you know, would you say there's like he, he like willed this into being that he was like so down on himself or like down in general because like the degree to which it seemed like he wanted to quit, and then the fact that he's got some like minor injury. I mean, the guy. There's some sort of you know divine correlation here. Right? So almost like the secret. You're saying he willed himself to uh, get sand in the cornea. Uh, For all we know, maybe he took a handful of sand and like put it up there. And then, uh, because, you know, in fairness to, you know, it's like like Thomas on Downton Abbey when he gets himself shot, right? Spoiler alert, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) But it's almost like last season where it was, we talked about how Medivac uh, wouldn't throw Dana a bone when they came to visit her. But basically Dana's like, please take me out of the game. Game, and medical comes in and says, "Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're nothing. She can play on. She can go on here. They they certainly almost over the top through Shamara Bone here. Well, I thought, and I, you know, I, I maybe maybe Survivor just oscillates in that way. You know, like with uh, you know the Colton thing. I th- I still feel like there's like some regret. There's some like deep institutional questioning of itself ever since Colton got pulled for having an upset tummy, you know, and that kind of like undid that season because Colton was the major antagonist to Kim. Um, and so I feel like, you know, then the, the last season, whoever that was, Dana, uh, now, um, you know, now the Shamar thing, you know, there's just a, you know, the, a snowball. Well, what are you saying with the Colton thing? You think that they felt they felt bad. They pulled Colton too early and the season went downhill, but then they pull or or that they and then that's why they said to Dana, hey, hey, look, yeah, yeah, you stick it out. We're not we're not calling this. 
that's why I thought the Dana thing they made her say like I'm quitting and then like this you know this this time it's oscillating back it's like a pendulum swings um so you know 20 season 27 be you know you're not gonna no freebies no freebies in season 27 it did seem like production was very like really greased the skids for a shamar medical evacuation here yeah it's almost you know it's confusing was they gave us so much shamar it almost seems like the, that you feel like production liked what they were getting from Shamar, that he was stirring the pot, but they did seem very quick to, all right, let's just get him out of here. Well, and then maybe it's part of it is because he's a Marine and like they don't want to like let a Marine quit, you know, like he was going to quit in some capacity. Oh, so they have a good reason. He has like a medical injury. Like, let's like, you know, usher him out the door. Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, it is too bad. I do feel like it messes up the dynamics. You know, so much energy has been put into keeping Shamar around as a vote in this voting block. And I wanted to see how this worked. You know, I wanted to see can they do it or can they not do it? You know, can they drag Shamar to the end? Can they drag Shamar another day? Or, Or is like the weight of Shamar finally going, like the literal and metaphorical weight of Shamar finally going to undo them? Um, and we don't get resolution on that. Well, I think this is an interesting sort of survivor fable that came up here with this whole Shamar thing, where the tribe, Shamar starts talking to him early, early on that he wants to quit the game, and the tribe talks, whether he they talk him out of it or talk him up and get him pumped back up, and so what they do is they vote out a perfectly good hope, and yes, she was outside of the majority numbers, but they vote hope out last week instead of Shamar. Now, do you think if they had to do it over again, was the right move to cut bait on Shamar last week, or did they still make the right call because even though they're down another number, at least they also got rid of a number from the opposing alliance? Yeah, and it's not like Hope was, you know, a challenge anchor, you know. And Shamar was, is strong in the challenge. I mean, his his performance today was questionable, right, in that reward challenge. Like, was that the right decision to, like, let people climb on him or not? Uh, hard to say, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I, Hope wasn't wasn't some anchor in the challenge. And I, I think that, you know, you can't second guess like that. I think that, you know, they made a decision um, – and uh, the, ram- the ramifications might come back to haunt them, but they had they, they did the best uh, they could with what they had. And I think that kind of gets into the Matt-Michael decision of this week where there's, you know, there's so much missing information. You know, they're, they're trying to make a decision about strength versus loyalty, not knowing is there a swap coming, is there a merge coming, you know, what are the next few days going to bring? And I think that sort of like plays into that call. So – in the SF rules, okay, if we're going to write the, the SF rule book, if yeah. there's a player on your tribe that wants to quit and then they change their mind, should you get rid of them anyway? I think if it's, you know, it's so hard. It's so hard. Like you look at like Sash in Nicaragua, whose game was ruined by the fact that um, Nayanka and Kelly Shin quit. Um, and, you know, like he had his two tribal council goats. You know, I'm sure he would have given anything. On the other hand, he was much later in the game. You know, they were like probably day late 20s or day mid 20s at the very mm-hmm. least. Um, so I think it's so situational, you know, and, and sometimes it's like sometimes you have someone who just needs to have their little cry out, you know, like the Holly Hoffman or the Don Meehan who has a, you know, is in a per, you know, perpetual state of, of about to being about to cry. Um, and, you know, then, then they're able to move on. And, like, you know, you never know. I think you can't know. So I, I don't think it's, like, a, a gimme for sure. I mean, do you? Would you say if someone says, I want to quit, then you're, like, they're gone? 
Well, even Boston Rob himself did have a bout of the crybaby-itis. It seems like day two is like the real lightning rod day for crybaby, or I'm sorry, the <laughs> second episode is like the real uh, real yeah. sort of lightning rod day to get your crybaby-itis. So maybe if somebody gets, comes down with crybaby-itis past day seven, I right. think that maybe you can't count on them. Yeah. Eh, you know, that's true. And, you know, not being, but, you know, it's always that first rainstorm, too. You know, it's always like that, this, you have this brutal rainstorm. I mean, I, I, you know, someone in my season, Brendan, we had this brutal rainstorm and he was like, I should just quit. And I'm like, yeah, please walk, walk out. Give me a ride. Um, did you, did you ever think about quitting, Rob? No, I never thought about quitting uh, any, at any point uh, in my survivor experience. Um, I will have to say that in, <laughs> At least in the Amazon and and in Panama, we had it we had it pretty bad in the, in the All Stars. But at least by when it was really really bad, we had a tarp. Um, when it was the worst part of the Amazon, it was like really close to the end. But had it been flipped around, maybe I might have thought about it. But I, I don't think I would have ever quit the game. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but you, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think uh, it's so situational. Everything is so individual. You can't. I'm not willing to give an SF ruling on this one. Okay. <laughs> what are no. the SF rules? Could you give us the top three real quick? All right. Top number one: never isolate. Never allow anyone to be completely outcast. Always have relationships with everyone. And this is something that the Rob Sesternino taught me from watching the Amazon. You know, the way you had your your strength came from having all of those isolated people as your as your prime allies. I think that's got to be number one. Um, Number two, don't piss in the rice. Never, never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The number what's number one is like number one through five is just like be friendly with everybody. You know, I think that's number one. I think that's the um, biggest unwritten rule of Survivor is just you know be friends with everybody that's on the tribe because nobody ever, no matter what, like nobody ever vote like votes off. Like, oh, we love that guy. We're all hey, we're voting for you tonight. We all love you, every single yeah. one of us. You're the most that's popular actually, person this, here. Yeah, yeah. It sort of happened last season with Carter, right? Like uh, that, they kind of was. But he wasn't I mean, the first was person off. Yeah, they, it was very close to the end. Yeah, yeah, they'll vote you off at day thirty for that, but not uh, not on day three. Yeah. <laughs> You're the coolest person here. We love you, uh, but you got to go. Uh, how about the, let's talk about Laura here, where the tide finally turned on Laura last week. She couldn't swim, and it was uh, a little. We got a little bit of a hint that she could be on the block. We had the incident that you and I talked about so much that hope of. Uh, Kind of, kind of. Uh, she felt like she agreed with you that Laura was just trying to throw the guys off the scent last week. Uh, I guess we can find out officially tomorrow <laughs> when we speak with her. So, how about the? <laughs> are you dancing for those yeah. of you guys listening to yeah. the audio version? Yeah. <laughs> so finally, the the whole tribe decides to uh, cut bait on Laura and keep the two guys around. Stephen, do you like this call? If you are Sherry and part of the larger group. So let's talk about, I mean, you know, let's talk about the decision before just like getting into the verdict, right? Like, so the, the, the two big options here are you go with loyalty, right? You have your, your set five, you know that you're tight with them, or you have tribe strength. And I, I think, to, you know, it's such a clear cut distinction too this time, because not only are Reynolds and Eddie like by far the strongest members of this tribe, they're also by far the least loyal, because they have repeatedly said things like, we have no loyalty to you. We don't respect you at all. We have nothing to do with each other you know, anymore. You know, that, they have like beat that point again and again and again. And I think like, um, so you really are in this case, like making this decision, like, do we want to stick together as a group or do we want to try to win challenges? Um, and, and I think that it's not just, a, I think you can't think of like it as a one-off, right? Because you're also thinking about, is there a swap coming? You know, like, in, in, in a swap, like being with, you know, having someone stronger around 
could benefit you in certain ways. It could hurt you in certain ways. You know, same with the merge. When is the merge coming? Like, do we want to have a loyal group or do I want Reynolds around who's going to be a huge target, Eddie around who's going to be a huge target at the merge, and that protects me. You know, if Laura makes the merge, no one's voting for Laura until the final five. You know, Laura's safe. So uh, it's uh, there's a lot going into that decision. I mean, what, what do you think, Rob? Well, I think that survivor history is littered with people in in this decision of do we keep the tribe strong or do we keep the person that's in our alliance? More often than not, people decide I'm going to keep the tribe strong and vote out or I'm, I'm going to I'm sorry, I'm going to keep my alliance tight and vote out somebody who is better in the challenges and keep somebody who's loyal to me. So, I was actually a little surprised that they decided to as a group, they decided to go along with this. And I wonder how much of this was Sherry saying, hey, I'm not going to upset the apple cart. I don't agree with this decision. But if Matt and Mike made the decision that, hey, we're going to vote out Laura, if Sherry was just like, hey, I'm just going to go along with this, even though I don't agree with it. Well, Matt and Mike making that decision is enough to make it a, a, tribe, a tribe decision, right? And that's where the Shamar loss also comes into play, is that it's a seven-person tribe now. Um, so when Matt and Mike say we're going with Reynolds and Eddie, like, you know, Laura, uh, Sherry and, um, the other one, Julia, Julia, um, maybe, uh, they have no say anymore, right? Like they don't have any leverage. Um, so I, you know, I think Sherry's smart to go along with an already with a fait accompli, but, um, you know, I don't think it was her call. Well, let's talk about a potential swap. I mean, do we have to swap up the tribes here at this point? Because not only has the fans tribe lost three out of four challenges, they also had Shamar quit, putting them down six people to nine. Favorites are going to have to sit three people out of the next challenge uh, if there is not a swap. Do we have to swap, uh, you know, change the tribes up just to keep the competitive balance of the season? And it, I, you know, I mean, I'm always, I, I think we've seen a lot of times that uh, the, the losing tribe can go into a merge and really do some damage, you know, and I think, in fact, given the dynamics on the favorites tribe now, if the, you know, if you got five or even four fans in there, you know, and they pull over Brandon, Eric and Brenda, you know, they've, well, they don't have a majority, but you know, it's close. They actually would have a majority in that case. So, I mean, in my mind, like merge early, like that would be interesting to see. But, um, you know, I, I do think that a fans, you know, a swap is, would be exciting. It would mix things up. You know, maybe if the swap was determined randomly, it would be give the fans an edge. And, um, you know, it's also kind of the premise of the fans versus favorite season. Like what happens when the two combine? Because at this point, with the fans down nine to six, you know, when the season started, the teams were pretty evenly matched. And you would even say that the fans had the favorites outgunned as far as manpower goes. But now, if the, and I know that the, you're not supposed to be able to sit out team or players in back to back challenges, you know, in one episode. But now, if it's six of the fans versus six of the favorites, and we're going to sit out Cochran and whoever else, or for you know whatever the given challenges, two of the weaker favorites of it. If it's the best six favorites versus these six fans, I think this is a huge mismatch. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree, and that's always the challenge in a fans versus favorite season is that the favorites are going to come in with a tremendous advantage. And I think that's probably the premise of the fans versus favorite season is that like we want to see the favorites play and the fans are sort of like, you know, the arena that they're playing in. Right. Like they're there to be like played against. Uh, and like maybe one of them pops like like Reynolds obviously pops. Right. Like Reynolds is definitely a standout character of the season. Who, who are you rooting for, Rob? Like just like as a, as a viewer, who do you want to see do well? 
Well, I'm enjoying uh, a lot of the, you know, I like the big personalities. So I'd say out of the fans tribe, I would say the people that I'm looking to see go furthest in the game, I would say uh, probably Sherry and Reynolds. I think two of the people that I feel like have the most interesting story so far out of the the fans tribe. And then uh, with the favorites, you know, it's... There's really no uh, no way to lose on that on the other side of the aisle. You know, it's, they're all good. Yeah, yeah, they are all good. Um, so let's get back to the ultimate decision that Matt and uh, Michael make, which is like, or you think Sherry makes as well, but like, is this the right call? Is this the right decision to vote out Laura in the hopes of having some challenge strength moving forward um, at the expense of this alliance? You know, it's a really it's a really good question. I think that. If voting out Laura, if if we could, and we talked about this a lot last week, in the post-Shamar era, can Sherry reach across the aisle and say, okay, look, you got Eddie and Reynolds, you guys hated Shamar, he's gone now, it's us to the end, okay, we're the fans, it's us six, and we are going to be a tight, strong six and take on the favorites, okay, if she can bring Reynolds and Eddie into the tent, I like this, but if it's going to still be now, it's uh, f- still four versus two now instead of five versus one potentially. Then I think the right move would have been to keep Laura around. It's really going right. to depend on can they w- work together as a group. You know, and Eddie had that comment like, "How I feel about this tribe is going to depend a lot on what happens if I'm still here in, in uh, five minutes or whatever he said." <laughs> um, you know, and he obviously he is in okay twenty minutes. He's incentivized to say that because he wants to stay. Um, I think that the bad blood in the tribe would run too deep at this point. I think that they have been so outcast that they have no real incentive to stick with the tribe and would flip. And I think we've seen it over and over again. When when you outcast, when you really you know isolate people like that, and when the tribe is really riven, like those people flip. And I think. Um, I don't know, man. I think it's it's such a difficult decision, but I kind of I think as a group for the alliance of Sherry, uh, Julia, uh, Michael, and Matt, it's a bad decision. I think that the right decision would be to stay as tight as an alliance. But I think individually for Michael and Matt, it actually might be a good decision. So, Stephen, I'm going to give you a number. You tell me if you want the over under. Okay. Okay. Number right. <laughs> number of favorites voted off at the next eight tribal councils. <laughs> Oh, wow. Two and a half, over or under? The next eight tribal councils? Yes, the next eight tribal councils, over or under two and a half favorites voted out. In chat room, too. I'll play, wow. play along here. Wow, interesting. That's an interesting. So let's like, I'm going to talk through my decision. This is like, who wants to be a millionaire? You know, you don't want to like rush in trying to, trying to like, build the suspense. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how, there's, there's, six fa- there's six fans left in eight tribal councils. That means there has to be two favorites voted off and you're saying that there has to be three for an over yeah yeah you're saying like for the under it's clean sweep all the fans are voted off within the next eight tribal councils (laughs) i'm gonna say over rob i think that at least one fan will not be voted off within the next eight (laughs) tribal councils what would you say do i get do i get money can i put money on this (laughs) we'll see they could all get wiped out here steven uh so 
Uh, we'll see. I, I feel like uh, I just don't think that the fans can come back from this. I'll be very surprised if the fans get their act together here because if, whether there's a swap or whether there's not a swap, I think they're damned either way because if they keep the tribes together, I think that the favorites just annihilate them. And if they do a swap, I think that one of them, you know, it's almost like a prisoner's dilemma for them. If they all hold strong together and stay united as and vote together, they have a chance. But one of them, you know, immediately is going to jump to the fans side it's going to be like big brother 12 13 uh and uh not that that means anything to you but the <laughs> yeah. the, the favorite the fans the will you know it's the one before him uh but the fans will you know you know eventually well, there'll be one or two of them that get starstruck almost like cochran with coach the original cochran with coach they'll just you know hey vote with us we'll take you to the end you'll be like our natalie bolton you could be like uh hey you can go to the final four like oh man that's great um you know and they'll take whatever the best deal is and then the favorites will you know will dispose of them along the way um but you know that doesn't necessarily i, I mean i agree with you that's that's a likely scenario it's you know what happened in fans versus favorites you know, we've never seen a season with returning players where they haven't, like, completely overpowered, like, the wills of the new players. But uh, I think ultimately, you know, it ultimately still could happen that one of the, of, the, of the fans wins, right? Like, you just need to get to the end and convince the jury or be with people who are more hated. You know, if a fan gets to the end with Philip and Brandon, you know, maybe, maybe he wins. Okay, we'll see. All right, let's talk about the favorites a little bit here and what was going on there. And they had basically uh, two storylines tonight. One was they got a visit from a very nice, uh, very nice man who taught them how to cook rice and bamboo and fixed up their shelter. And so that was pretty good. Were you amused by that uh, that gentleman? Yeah, I actually write write about this a little bit in my blog for tomorrow. But um, it's like. It's like the favorites are on a different TV show than the fans are. You know, mm. it's like they're like, it's like they're on the Love Boat or Gilligan's Island. Like they're like like special guest stars on Gilligan's Island, and they're like capering around and like winking at the camera. You know, and and even like in, in the past when you won something like this, you were like inspired and uplifted by this native villager coming and teaching you the ways. And they're like, it's like a great opportunity for like laughos and, and hijinks for the, for the favorites. <laughs> Uh, Stephen, I'm very curious to know uh, who is going to be getting the fishy tomorrow because I can't really put my finger on anybody. You'll have to tune in for tomorrow, Rob. It's a tough fishy, one. It's fishy, fishy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, what, what did you think? Tok Tok? Tok Tok? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we don't, nothing, no, nothing to see here uh, yeah. with that guy. Uh, anyway, so how about Philip here? And now, so we had the, really the... Uh, Stealth R Us has expanded its operation to now every single person in the tribe is now in Stealth R Us, which almost defeats the purpose of having a Stealth R Us when every single person in the tribe is in Stealth R Us. Uh, let me ask you a question, Stephen. If Francesca somehow, if, let's say the favorites won the first challenge, okay? They, let's say they've won all four of the challenges and Francesca was still around. Would Francesca herself have a Stealth R Us nickname at this point? <laughs> Wow, that's like the depths of Philip's soul. I don't know, man. I, I, I could be. That's a that's a tough one. But you have, you know what? If anybody else did this move, we would be applauding it, right? Like Philip is like extending the olive branch to the rest of the people in his tribe, and he's doing the exact opposite of what Sherry's doing. You know, Sherry has created this like rigid distinction in the fans' tribe. It's it's us against them. That's what it's been like on the favorites' tribe. But now Philip is like is unifying the favorites' tribe. She's bringing it. He's bringing in the the outcasts. 
I don't know. Stephen, I'm going to disagree with you on this one because I think that there is something to having a polarity within your alliance and really building up an us versus them sort of mentality with with your group. And so and maybe he has that with the whole maybe he's trying to build that with all nine of the tribe members having some sort of an us versus them mentality. But I don't know. I think the whole idea of being in Stealth R Us is like, hey, it's us. It's it's us. We're stealth. We're this small, intimate group. I think it's hard to have a tight group of nine on Survivor. I think we've never seen that happen before. What was the one rule, you know, the one fishback rule that counted for all five Tom (laughs) SF rules was don't don't isolate people. And I think that like having nine person alliance where everyone knows their place in the pecking order and the people on the outside, like think they're a part of the group, but other people, the top six know that they're the real part of the group. The top four know that they're the, yeah, in in theory, I agree with what you're saying, and maybe that you know these conversations could be had in sort of one on one scenarios. But we even saw that Philip sort of alienated Andrea. That she's like, hey, well now <laughs> now now uh, Eric Reichenbach is getting a nickname too. Yeah. So it sort of you know worked to his disadvantage. I felt like a bit because now that wait, hold on, I'm not special anymore because now Philip gave everybody a nickname. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I definitely can see that. I, I mean, I, I didn't really think Andrea was that outraged. You know, there, there was something like she was like being like a little bit of a, of a diva about it. Um, you know, it clearly, you know, Andrea's a savvy player. She's not going to like let the, uh, the you know, the, the giving of nicknames affect her game. So, you know, they're, they're desperate. You know, you can imagine production on the favorites tribe. They're like, that sucked when Philip gave them nicknames, right? And she's like, yeah, that sucked. You know, I mean, they want conflict and there's no conflict. There's nothing <laughs> going on. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so Stephen, tell us, uh, so uh, what do you think when uh, Philip gave everybody uh, a nickname? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I yeah it's to... fine with that. That's okay. You know, no, yeah. no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen, get your thumb ready, okay? I'm going to float right. some new nicknames past you. You tell us, you give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay, let's let's start off here. And how about uh, is it what uh, what do we have the the quiet one? Yeah, I'm giving th- that a thumbs down to the quiet. <laughs> do I have it right? Is it the quiet one or the silent one? The s- silent one, know. silent one, silent one. All right, all right. So still thumbs down. It's better than the quiet one, but not <laughs> as good as like you know. <laughs> <laughs> but still, any like the three word nicknames are failures. You know, you gotta you, you gotta stick with like something really. It's like two words at most. Okay. Uh, how about uh, the conqueror? Thumbs up or thumbs down for the conqueror? Here's what I didn't like about the conqueror. You know, in, in theory, the first of all, the conqueror is much more stealth. Is more a uh, uh, warrior alliance than it is. It's much more like Dungeons and Dragons than it is Stealth R Us. You know, like Stealth R Us has like played pretty well with the whole spy theme. A conqueror is weak. Plus, the Conqueror's a little bit of overlap from the Eliminator. I'm thinking, thumbs down, thumbs down. I feel like we have a lot of overlap. And what's Malcolm? Um, Tell no us idea. in the chat room, because I feel like it's, it's very similar. I feel like a lot of them are just synonyms of, of uh, one another. Yeah, one more, though, Rob. There's one more. Yeah, you know, one I, more. My, my thumb might be twisting in a different yeah, way. The, this yeah, one. What about, wait, hold on. So, yeah, the Conqueror, the Enforcer. Uh, the, thank you, everybody in the chat room. <laughs> Andy Baker is getting upset saying, stop talking about this idiocy, please. <laughs> well, it's on the show. We have to talk about it. <laughs> this, is, this is the know-it-alls, and this is where we really express our survivor right. knowledge. And, and last but not least, Brenda even gets her own nickname. Uh, she is Serenity. 
Thumbs up to Serenity. Oh, you know, Serenity, I think that's Serenity a pretty now. great nickname. Yeah, I think Serenity. It's like terrifying in its in its lack of terror. Um, <laughs> I think it's just you know like a great nickname for Brenda. I think it's a great nickname. And obviously, there's the uh, the Firefly reference, right? Where uh, you got Malcolm and Serenity. So uh, Malcolm may soon be riding Serenity. Well, you know what happens when you uh, use the nickname Serenity now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After a while, cool. it's good for a while, and then you just go yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> and what, what about uh, we saw again? Every challenge seems to end with Reynolds throwing something. Uh, yeah. and, this, and this week, if Philip looked like uh, he was out there, it was like the, they sent him out. He was like Pedro Martinez in the uh, <laughs> Grady Little sent him out there for the eighth. And Philip was really uh, the sweat, sweat coming off his brow, and he just <laughs> kept throwing. And uh, Reynolds came out there, and he was uh, knocking him dead. But eventually, Philip got it. Yeah. That was, it was a great challenge. I, I you know, uh, Eliza Orleans today was tweeting how she does not like the uh, carnival game challenges. She likes the puzzles. I like the carnival games as a viewer because I feel like it's a lot more dynamic. There's a lot more action involved. Um, you know, I, I think as a player, like the puzzles, like theoretically give someone with a brain, like more of an edge, uh, at least make them feel useful in a challenge. Um, whereas the carnival games just like, you know, what was Cochran's role in the lock challenge? Like Cochran's goal, like Cochran's role was to like, hold the lock you know like he did nothing um but as a viewer i really like the the throwing yeah i didn't mind it i had no problem no problem with it i feel like jeff uh should get a little bit more carny though if we're gonna have carnival games and i feel like uh you know a little more uh, you know mocking them as uh you know anybody can win anybody (laughs) you can see philip see how easy reynolds is doing it come on yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's good and maybe in addition to uh if you want to know what you're playing for we should add like a giant stuffed bear as well that might be (laughs) (laughs) with all the fixes with it yeah yeah um that would be perfect yeah uh reynolds is great it's too bad that he's playing on this season you know with this bunch of maroons he might real really be a star it's kind of great actually he gets like to stand out against the maroons yeah all right so steven let's bring in the birthday girl herself here she is our our producer jessica frey and it is her it is her birthday tonight happy birthday to you uh, jay frey Happy birthday, Jay. Thank Frank. you. Yes. And uh, Jessica, I know you're monitoring, monitoring the chat uh, very closely. How are we doing tonight? Good. I saw one comment. Um, Stephen, Ian Terry just wanted to say, I don't know if you saw it. He's like, he wants to know, I thought this shark puzzle in Big Brother was exciting. He's like, are you calling it not exciting? Wait, which one? He said, "Did you? are you calling the shark puzzle in Big Brother not exciting? I don't remember. What was the shark one? The, I think the, it was the, last, the one when he won. The veto. The last one, right? That was great. Yeah. When they were like the window yeah. washer one. Is that it? Or they were climbing? Yeah, that was yeah, a great well, puzzle. All right. Well, yeah. let's not get, let's okay. not get too far off the Big Brother path. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions. Hopefully, I don't know if you guys like totally covered everything, but there's like a lot of good questions. All right, tonight. Jessica, we're ready. So fi- yeah. fire away, okay? Hit me. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is uh, this is from uh, waiting for it to get unblurry here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, not so hot. I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to, to read this one. Sorry, Jessica. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. The gaming oh. keeper wants to know: Did Matt hurt or improve his standing in the game by presenting the idea to vote off Laura? Okay. What, what do you think, Rob? Um, did Matt hurt hurt his standing by by presenting the idea to vote off Laura? Did he help his standing? Well, I think for Matt, I mean, I think he wants to keep the numbers around. I mean, I think Matt is in the position where he's tight with everybody. So uh, he might as well do what is going to keep 
the numbers the highest. I mean, he's sort of good with the two guys, and he's not, not like Sherry, where he's totally on the other end of the spectrum. So he's good with the guys, and he's good with Sherry. So in his mind, maybe if Laura especially isn't a tight ally of his, he's best to... It was a good night for Matt, I think. And here's the other reason I think it's good, is because Matt has gone from being the bottom of a five, right? Like, he and Michael were, like, like you know, if Sherry, Laura, and uh, Julia were together... Uh, the Matt and Michael were on the bottom of that five, and with Reynolds and Eddie, they're they're equal partners. So I think that it's a good move. Yeah, we thought it was we we, we thought it was good. Okay. All right. Uh, T Sloan seventeen wants to know, Rob can't blame Reynolds for using his idol. How could he trust the information Matt was telling him? Better safe than sorry. What did you think, Rob? Rob with the the idol play, did Reynolds do the right thing, or did he uh, was he uh, over hasty? Well, I saw a lot of people on Twitter were saying like, oh my God, Reynolds, what an idiot that he blew it by playing the idol. But I kind of feel like, look, you're on, you're on Survivor. You're yeah. playing a game for, you're playing a game for a million dollars, you know, for, and okay, we, we, uh, apparently Reynolds is a recruit, but you know, you're there, you're, you're excited. And I think for the rest of your life, you could potentially be kicking yourself, oh my God, why didn't I play the idol? I was going to play the idol, and then why didn't I do it? I think you cannot live with yourself if you did not play the idol as opposed to if Reynolds gets voted out next week and is like, oh man, too bad I didn't play the idol. You got you to gotta stay in the game. The name of the game is stay in the game, Stephen. I agree, and I think you know we've seen in some sometimes when people make really gutsy moves like you know Marty in Nicaragua when he didn't play the idol that that episode where they voted out um, Kelly the other Kelly um, you know really bold moves and that's you know you're so great you know happy for those people but you've equally seen a lot of times where people have failed to play the idol uh, they've been deceived and I, I think it was the right decision too you know better better safe than sorry because they show the clips all the time of James got voted out and he had two idols Ozzy got yeah. voted out and he had an idol in his pocket this person gave away immunity but they they never they never say uh, this person played the idol and he didn't even have to so yeah. that sort of gets lost in history so I don't think it's a terrible move ideally you, you you know you'd like to uh, sort of you know get it right a la Malcolm all the time uh, last season or Russell Hance where you you don't need to play the idol but whatever. Um, what else? Any, any okay? Uh, Cooper and the goons wants to know, or they want to know. Cooper and the goons want to know. Um, what do you think makes Brandon go crazy like that? Everything for him. You know what? Let's up. let's worry about episode four. Let's Cooper, not. Yeah, Cooper, come on, you're getting ahead of, ahead yeah, of the game. Don't here. get don't get ahead of us. Don't get ahead yeah. of us. Let's talk. We'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about episode five uh, next week at this time. The cliffhanger. All right, Steve, go ahead. Uh, the ladybug man wants to know: Am I the only one who finds it strange that an Iraqi war vet doesn't know how to deal with sand in his eyes, and the med team <laughs> the med team doesn't carry clear eyes? Well, it looked like a cornea scratch, right? So uh, to be fair, I don't think clear eyes necessarily uh, clears up cornea scratches. Yeah. Uh, um, could a contact okay. lens have saved Shamar? Should that be required attire for He him? has contact lenses, Rob. Oh, oh no. Clearly you missed last episode where it was he couldn't dive because he has contact lenses. Yeah. It, uh, could Shamar, if he could have kept the goggles from the challenge last week, would that have saved him? Had Reynolds given him the goggles? Yeah, I think that's the move. That's just to keep the goggles with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, I think this is an interesting question. Uh Oh, uh, let me see. Uh, did we just watch? Uh, Paul Lewis wants to know: Did we just watch Sherry's game get blown up in one episode? Okay. Uh, yes. 
Yes. Uh, so uh, did we just watch Sherry's game blow up in one episode? Uh, possibly. I mean, that's that's the problem with counting on your Shamar. Uh, it's it's tough. You know, you you are banking on a very unstable element. It was a gamble, and it, she gambled and lost here with keeping Shamar around. Yep, that's absolutely right. And I, you know, if Shamar had been there, they would not necessarily have lost that vote. You know, they they would have had the numbers even without, or they certainly could have, you know, forced a tie. So uh, I think it was the, you know, too bad uh, for her. But you're right, she gambled and lost. All right, one one or two more questions here, uh, Jessica, as we wrap up a Survivor Know It Alls here on a Wednesday night. Uh, okay, how about this one, Stephen? Tunes's TDC or Tunesest DC. Uh, if you don't think the fans can fight back from a 9-6 deficit to at least a tie, are the fans better off being way down at the merge? Interesting. Okay, so, I mean, could we potentially get sort of a, a Survivor Palau scenario where the tr- fans tribe is so decimated that they go into the merge, you know, that we merge at like 8-2 or something like this. Now, we saw Malcolm and Denise last season. Uh, they were the only people left from Matt Singh. They went on to get to the final four. You and JT yourselves went into the merge down in numbers, not to such a degree. Uh, what did you guys merge? You had three when you merged or four? Uh, we had four, and then when Joe was medevac, so it ended up being effectively 6-3. Rob, I, you know, I think we've seen it over and over again where the tribe that's down numbers goes into the merge and, and wins, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, Fofo and Galoo. And, and um, you know, I, I, I my strategy is going to be, if I'm ever, you know, I'm not going to ever play again, but if I were to play, um, it would be to, at this point in the game, throw every challenge and just go into the merge with, like, three people, knowing that the other tribe, I mean, you see every big tribe has huge conflicts, and you see it on the, the favorites tribe right now. If the fans could merge right now, they could win the game, but they're not going to, and they're going to lose. So, yeah. you know, like, if, if, uh, if you know, they should throw every single challenge. If, if they're, you know, smart, cut, you know, Nick, get rid of the dead weight and then go in with, like, a tight three or four and win the game. This is a great point, Stephen, because not only that, I mean, if the fans were to merge now, it's like, you know, you in every big tribe, you know, maybe you have a tight six, but then there's like two or three on the out. So it's almost like you have like numbers on the other tribe, even though you don't have them from your own tribe. So it's like get rid of the people that won't work with you on your own tribe. And then even if you're down in the numbers, chances are. So I guess this speaks to we're sort of answering the question that it would have been better to keep Laura around because even if you go, even if you lose more people, as long as you're running the show in your tribe, get rid of the people that you don't want around. Get rid of Eddie, get rid of Reynolds the next time you lose two more uh, competitions then you know then you find the malcontents over in the favorites tribe i mean yes phillips given everybody a nickname but if you think these nine are sticking together until the final nine uh, you're out of your mind i mean the only complication is the swap right like the swap makes it hard because if you swap way down numbers you're out of luck you know you're going to get picked off in that scenario so um merging down numbers is great swapping down numbers is horrible yeah okay and uh one, we'll do one more question here. Okay. Steven, you want to take this one? Uh, yes. Uh, Real B Glow wants to know, is it just me or is Andrea becoming too paranoid for her own good? What, what do you think, Rob? I mean, last episode we saw Andrea, uh, you know, trying to oust Corinne and recruit Brandon. This episode she's becoming upset that Philip is recruiting, uh, is giving everyone nicknames. Is, is, is she becoming paranoid or is she just, a, you know, a cute soundbite? 
I don't know. I think it's hard to tell if she's really overly paranoid. I mean, I don't. Th- I didn't think the thing about the Eric Reichenbach nickname uh, s- spoke to paranoia this week. I mean, I still think it would be too early to try to get rid of Corinne, uh, as we saw on the episode last week. But I, I wouldn't say that this is. Oh my God, Andrea! Oh, super paranoid. Whoa. Um, maybe we we see some warning signs of that, but I would not diagnose her with clinical paranoia yet at this point. <laughs> Um, so those are some good questions. And Rob, I wanted to talk to you, you know, briefly about a, I had a broader question for oh. you. Do you think this is a good season so far? You know, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter are saying they don't like this season. They, even the people who there are some people who think the cast is a catastrophe. Even the people who like the cast feel like it's too much. The same episode over and over again. Uh, what do you think, Rob? Four episodes in, you know, we've heard from uh, Propes that episode five is the real moneymaker. Uh, what do you think? Four episodes, is it a good season so far? Yeah, I have noticed that there it has been a bit of a backlash, I feel like, online in particular. And I wonder if we have been overhyped a bit. That Jeff Probst, even on this podcast, when last season we talked to him during Survivor Philippines, he said, you know, this has been a great season. And uh, dare I say, next season is going to even, you know, knock your socks off. Because next season might even be better than this one. Uh, and that was at the point. And we talked to him like right when things were getting crazy in uh, Survivor Philippines with uh, the whole Penner. I think Penner had just uh, played the idol and then Jeff Kent got voted out. So it was like the really the high point of Philippines. And he was saying that the next season is going to even be better. Now, Stephen, uh, I, I firmly subscribe to the theory that the secret to happiness in life is low expectations. If basically, oh, yeah. if people were coming around saying, boy, 26, this could be the worst season ever. We'd be saying, oh, what a, this is great. I thought the season yeah. was going to be terrible. But I wonder if we've had a bit of overhype. Now, that being said, We've only seen we've seen ten days. We've seen only twenty five percent of this season. So we've seen only ten days of thirty nine. You know, it looks like next week business is about to pick up. What do you think? I know, and Jeff did say you know episode five was really where the season starts getting good, and then it keeps being good from there. Uh, you know, one complaint I think we get a lot in every season of Survivor is that certain people aren't being shown. We don't know what so and so is doing, and that's just. The nature of the beast and you know those people will end up getting shown you know crin will not be invisible forever she will have her moment in the sun um and you know hopefully it'll be a spectacular moment so i i, I uh we'll see we'll see I, I i'm enjoying it so far i like the antics i like the capering i feel like i feel like the trials on the fans tribe have really brought out some big personalities and sherry and reynold um and i think the favorites you know like you know i'm t- i'm a little bit tired of the phillips stuff and the stelhara stuff but like yeah, I'm liking Malcolm, I'm liking Cochran, and uh, you know the rest of it is fine. Real quick, what do you think was the best episode of the four? Uh, the first one was so explosive with Franny getting voted off yeah. and the fans winning. And, so does that yeah. speak to had the fans or had the favorites been going to tribal council more? Do we think that this would that we would be more interested or not to say that we're not interested, but do you think that this would that we'd be talking about this season as being greater and instead we're watching a lot of the novices play as the fans are, are keep going to tribal council these last three episodes? Yeah, and maybe um you yeah, know, maybe that's the benefit of a swap too in the situation is that uh We'll have more. I mean, you know, I'm speaking as I was saying. We'll have more of the favorites. Yeah. So, all right, we'll see, Stephen. I have a. We have a a announcement to make, Stephen. As you know, 
anybody who's oh, listened wow. to the podcast knows over the last couple of weeks, we've been telling you about Reality Game Masters, our, orig- our original web series. We're going to bring together three of the most strategic minds from Survivor and three of the strategic minds from Big Brother and put them wow. all in one room and play, and and play, the, and play their game. Uh, and so, Stephen, uh, and we know you were the first person that we announced. And Stephen, I'm going to tell you another person that's going to be at the table with you tonight. All right, I, I just, okay, yeah, I'm ready. All right, hit me. Are you ready? Uh, let me yeah. give you some hints, okay, Stephen? Uh, this gonna... this person uh, is a Survivor winner, Stephen. Okay, Survivor, one of the greatest Survivors. Oh, Kim Spradlin! <laughs> and this person is also a Survivor woman. And, Kim Spradlin! And, and this person also uh, posted a, uh, for the what I believe to be the first time, a, uh, a sexy picture of herself on Instagram today. Uh, she is, <laughs> she, and she is a longtime rival of you of yours, uh, Stephen Fishback, Kim Spradlin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the one and only uh, Sophie Clark, Stephen. That's awesome. That's exciting. Well, I will I will be excited to uh, beat Sophie uh, <laughs> as I will beat everybody. Now, if so, if, during the game, if Sophie tells you to drop your pieces uh, <laughs> to to help her pick up her own pieces from the game, yeah. Stephen, will you oblige her? Uh, I've actually played board games with Sophie before, and she is a devious, aggressive board yes. game player. Yes. She is an incredibly smart, skilled board game player who not only is she, does she make good decisions in the board game itself. But she will like research strategy in advance of playing the board game, so she's making optimal moves uh, throughout it. I mean, she's that's terrifying. I, w- I would wish anybody else were my opponent except Sophie Clark. So uh, I'm I'm horrified to hear that um, and really disappointed. Good, she, excellent game player here. We did our we yeah. did our casting homework on this one. She is an excellent game player. Yeah. All right, Steven. So uh, uh, f- we are expecting your uh, latest blog coming tomorrow on people.com. Somebody is going to get the fishy, fishy. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it has to happen every week, Rob. It's like, it's like the sun rises, uh, you know, for seven days and my blog comes out on one on Wednesday or Thursdays, whatever tomorrow is, you know? And, uh, all right, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks very much. It was a fun know-it-alls, uh, you know, Robverse, thanks for watching. <laughs> Take care, Stephen. <laughs> Bye. All right, and then for everybody else, uh, Thursday morning we are going to have a double decker exit interview. We're going to speak with uh, Shamar, and we're going to speak with Laura tomorrow morning on Rob Has a Podcast. And then, uh, speaking of people from Survivor South Pacific, you guys have been asking for him for quite some time. We are going to bring you a interview. With the uh, a man who has not really been on the Survivor map too much lately, Jim Rice is going to be our guest on uh, the big Survivor podcast on Thursday. And then we're going to have our uh, Big Brother Canada recap as well over the weekend. Uh, and that should be a lot of fun. And also, uh, I have a, a little bit of news. I will be uh, blogging for the Huffington Post Canada and writing a Big Brother Canada blog as well this season so it's really it's all it's all happening it's all coming together here on rob has a podcast and it is a uh, wednesday night if you're listening to this on thursday uh tomorrow thursday is going to be the last day that you will be able to uh make a purchase through our amazon uh, links on the site either if you click on the banner in the sidebar or go to rob is a website.com slash amazon to support the reality rally we are giving 100 percent of our amazon revenue to uh, Reality Rally and Michelle's Place, which is a charity that deals with women that uh, have breast cancer or helps uh, women get screened to prevent uh, breast cancer. So that 
is uh, if you use our links, we are still through March 7th, Thursday through the end of the day. So you can still do that. So a very happy birthday to Jessica Frey and a very happy uh, rest of the week to everybody else out there. And we will have uh, lots more podcasts coming to you soon. And if you would like to subscribe to us on iTunes, whether you want to subscribe to our full boat Rob is a podcast feed or to our survivor only feed you can get those links at rob slash show feeds and we always appreciate when you leave us uh five stars and some comments on itunes so take care everybody have a great one bye The theme to Survivor Know-It-Alls is written and performed by Dutch supergroup The Fake Plastic Trees. Hear more of their music at fakeplastictrees.nl.